Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. How art thou, Nadine? Okay, okay. That works, that works. In old ye English. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. Yep. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? I am here, present, alive. My glasses are on and I never talk to you with my glasses on. So yeah, I, take I them know. Off now. My glasses are on. Oh my God, look at you. Whole different person. Official business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> <laughs> What is with this awkwardness? Well, I don't I, like it. What is this it. awkwardness? I don't know. Do you know. not like I think me anymore? Are we not yeah. friends? It's 127 episodes, Mita. That was bound to happen. <laughs> At some point. Okay, Mita, what did you watch this week? Oh my goodness, Nadim. Wow, Tell just me. jumping Tell right me. in there, oh, eh? yeah. So in case you forgot, it is um, the month of October and to bring awareness to horror films, I am watching 31 movies for the entire month. Um, And so since we last recorded, we last recorded Sunday. So I have watched three new movies because today is Thursday. I watched The Invisible Man, Mm -hmm. which I've seen before and still love. There's Mm -hmm. something just so invigorating about it. Like for something that's such a downer of a story, like an abused woman, there is something really exciting and like you want to champion her, but not in a sad, pathetic way. It's not like watching enough. It's like watching. Uh, Is enough the Jennifer Lopez one? Yeah. God, so bad. (laughs) Have you seen enough? Like years ago. Okay. Enough is sad, but Invisible Man is like, let's kick some ass psychology style. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I just enjoyed having it on. The ones that I have seen, I will say I'm not like fully watching. I'll just like have them on. Why? In the background. Like I'm not, I'll allow distraction. Like I'll be cooking my dinner and watching it. So like ones that you've seen or the ones that you haven't seen? The ones that I've seen. Oh, that's fine. That's I thought fine. you were saying like ones that you haven't seen. I was just like, what's the point then? No, no, no. The ones I haven't seen, I'm watching. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Which the next two were ones that I haven't seen, mm-hmm. which are were both Robert Eggers films, The Vitch. Yeah. Vich. <laughs> Vich. Vich. and um the lighthouse does he know that when he named it the witch that he was essentially naming it how brown people would say the witch huh witch <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but yes yeah, so what did you think of them i don't think robert eggers is for me the sunbath i don't no no i don't think so you don't think so either <laughs> i don't think so because i saw the northman as well yeah also not for me the sunbath not for me the sunbath no i um... oh interestingly enough the northman is viking hamlet Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, a... We could talk about that. But Whoa. Yeah, exactly. But you talk about The Witch and The Lighthouse. The Witch. I feel like they're just a bit too into... Well, actually, The Witch, I think, is very consumable. Like, it's a lot easier to watch than The Lighthouse. But I feel like there's maybe too yeah, much I'd intelligence there for me. But that's not saying much, is what I'll say. You're right by that assertion. But there's it's still not saying much. Because... <laughs> The, the Witch is like a subtle film. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's really good. I really like The Witch. I'm going to watch The Witch again, actually. And The Lighthouse is just like, whoa, what the hell is this? This is like, it's it's so yeah. out there. And like, I can appreciate out there and I appreciate somebody like doing different things. But the, those things are just not for me. I yeah, didn't find it really enjoyable. I wasn't like kind of on the edge of my seat. I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't really get into them. And I also yeah. don't feel like they, like, I kind of, I want to be scared. Like, watching Barbarian was wild, but I also was a little scared. Oh, you weren't? Where, that's good. Yeah. You weren't? I think there were some good, po- oh, so at one point in Barbarian, yeah, I don't know what happened. It was me and two other people in the theater. And I think there was, like, a soundscape thing. I was pretty far in the back, and something rustled behind me. And the theater was empty, and I whipped my head, and I was just like, what is that? What is that? And I thought something was actually literally behind me, but I think it was just the sound, and I was just like, oh, that has never happened in my life. Right. There is something, because there's a lot of familiarity in Barbarian, at least for, like, from the female perspective, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And I I definitely was, like, a little nervous (laughs) throughout it. For her? Oh, Oh, my God. For her, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, with The Vich and Lighthouse, I'm just like, the scariest part for The Vich for me, which I don't feel like, I, I don't think it's a spoiler alert because it's been out. 
for a long time now is like the baby going missing. missing <laughs> I was yeah. just like th- that broke my heart a little bit. But like that was kind of the only thing that really moved me and got some sort of like emotion out of me. The rest of it I was just like, okay, this is this is a film. It's a artsy film. It's an artsy horror movie. Yeah. yeah not It's like not a my better version it's a better version of the Blair Witch, I'd say. Yeah. I think I like the more when it comes to horror, I'm okay like, to admit yeah. that I like the pedestrian horror yeah. movies. And yeah. I totally get that because the the witch is a very it's a very well made film. Mm-hmm. And I describe it as a very well made film. And it's a very well made tense film, but it isn't it's not fear inducing. No, not at all. So there's that. I watched two movies. You did. What were they? I watched Fresh Mita. I've been telling you to watch Fresh you have, yeah. for a and whole one day year. I just, yeah, and one day I just remembered, I'm like, oh, I haven't seen Fresh, and it's Halloween. Let's watch Fresh. There you go. So I watched Fresh, and I didn't love it. I thought it was clever mm-hmm. and really dark mm-hmm. and quite gross in a good way. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of it. There were things about it that kind of I just didn't get from a stylistic point. Also, it was another film so when we talked last week about men, I had just watched, I forgot when I talked about it, I actually watched it last week. I watched it on like Friday or Saturday. I had watched Fresh. So when I made that comment about men being man-hating, it was probably reflective of how I felt about Fresh as well. Like okay. the two of them kind of go back to back because I felt like Fresh also had this kind of tone of like, there's not a single redeemable man in this entire film. What do you and think has been happening to women in horror films for the last like, 30, well, there's a difference. Years. There's a difference in redeemability. How is there a difference between like slaughtering a girl in her bra and then showing that men can be really gross and revolting? But that was never okay. So why is this okay? No, but I'm just saying to counter that. I don't think either is like but that's, okay. That's the, I, but, that's but I don't see it as man bashing. It doesn't feel man bashing, but it does feel a little anti-feminist. It feels like a movie that is trying to be pro pro feminist. It's trying to be a feminist film, but it kind of it kind of flips that because it isn't equality and the fact that your gut judgment was to be like well what about this was like that's not the point that was wrong then so why are we trying to counter it now but what about isn't that the, though isn't because the those whole are also th- but those were all bad tropes and they were bad movies and we're trying to step away from them so why are you trying to and this movie doesn't make an attempt to say this is what this is trying to it's trying to be a satire on those films because those films are still about bad men doing bad things this is about bad men doing bad things but those movies also had redeemable female qualities they had redeemable male characters this did not have a single redeemable male character the bartender guy he runs away at the end oh i forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) i haven't watched it in a year that yeah that was that was my hope i was just like oh maybe he's gonna come and save them and this is kind of the point and then he runs away and i was like okay so no one here not a single male does anything virtuous or even like helpful or is even like in any way interesting. But I do think that the way the men are portrayed in this is just a little bit more realistic than a woman running around in her bra being slaughtered. Well, again, but I'm not arguing that. I'm, but that's the thing. The whole argument about this film is that like it's in comparison to other films, but talk about it as its own singular piece. And it kind of, it has more flaws. And the thing is, this is written by a woman, directed by a woman. As a man, I was watching this and I was just like, okay, I can believe that you want to go away with this man who you've had sex. There are certain things about it that I was just like, would you sleep with a man this quickly? Because you seem as a character to be very like hesitant of the dating world and very like reticent of it and kind of like jaded by it, which I completely understand because dating is gross. But suddenly you meet this man at a grocery store and you sleep with him on the first date. Why Why are you shaming her? I'm not slut shaming her. I'm not <laughs> slut shaming her because if her character had been a woman who seemed like she was going to do those things, then cool, that's your jam, man. But her character is set up to be so jaded and so, like, annoyed by the whole situation. But maybe she's so jaded that she doesn't really care. Like, maybe sex is just sex for her and it's not always an emotional thing. But it becomes such an emotional thing so quickly. But, like, she's allowed to have that. But (laughs) what I'm trying to say is that, like, those those character traits didn't, like, line up. It's like you want you want to do everything you're saying. You want her to be sex positive and you want her to be, you know, this woman who's like, I, I don't need a relationship to have sex, which is great. But you're also saying she's jaded by relationships. Then she does jump into bed with men and then jump into a relationship with him. And then she goes to his weird cottage and has a drink with him. And there's and like part of that was also like 
maybe that was my influence as a horror viewer being like, why are you drinking the thing? It just feels so dumb. Because Barbarian does not do that. She spends so much time rejecting that wine. He pours her a glass. She's, yeah. she's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then eventually her guard goes down and yeah. she kind of feels safe with him and she does it. And you're kind of like, I can see how she would get to that point. Mm. But this is creepy from the be- from the get-go. There's something off about it. But I think women are different. Like people do. I know women yes, who would do women exactly. Are I know someone and you know them too, who would do exactly what the girl in Fresh does. That's very fair, Amita. You're right. There would be, there are women and men who would get into dumb situations like that. And yeah. people do do things like that. I don't know. I, for me, it was in the weird, like, inserting of the credit sequence at, like, half hour in. Like, certain things just, like, stylistically, they just, like, threw me off. I didn't hate it. I'd give it three stars. I just wouldn't, like, I didn't, I don't think I loved it as much as you and as much as, like, the I think the, I liked the, the promise of it, it the most. But I Yeah, I don't, think that's fair. Yeah. I don't think it delivers on the promise. I just liked Sebastian Stan in it a lot, too. Yeah. I, I think, think it's he's creepy. very versatile. What I also saw and really liked, mm-hmm. as I mentioned this, I saw this movie called Green Room. Not Green Book? No, not Green Book. <laughs> it's a horror movie. Green Room. I feel like I've heard of this. Because I told you about it last week? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull out the IMDb description. Please. Because the IMDb description is great. Okay, so the IMDb description for Green Room, which released in 2015 and is directed by one Jeremy Sol- Solnier. Cool is a punk rock band is forced to fight for survival after witnessing a murder at a neo-Nazi skinhead bar. How was that for you? (laughs) (laughs) Good. Entertaining, tense, dark, uncomfortable. Oh. Like, in a good way. It was kind of the tone, I'd say, of NH10. Not as good as (laughs) NH10. Because NH10 is also like real life horror, right? And this is kind of the same idea. NH10 is so great, man. (laughs) I'm going to sing it from the rooftops. NH10 is so good. But this is also, it's tense and interesting for the same reasons. Because it's about people in a situation that could really happen. Mm -hmm. And like how that would play out. The one big thing I hate is how they get into that situation. Because it's dumb. It's really piss poor writing. Okay. But the rest of it kind of like goes so i'd give that three and a half stars should i watch it i think so it's not as it's not as quiz inducing as nh10 should i watch it in november or if you feel like replacing something you could watch it now too um i feel like the rest of my list is pretty like the rest is either it's the screams and the the halloweens and the halloweens like i like um what's the word i'm looking for series a series but like not a series but like franchise Franchise, thank you. Other <laughs> franchises, and then there's a mix of things that I have seen and I know I like, and then some foreign things. Yeah, it's a good mix, I think. Your list as it goes down, and we're watching an interesting movie next week, which I'm curious to hear your thoughts on. Oh my god, I'm so scared. I'm scared <laughs> to watch the movie. Why? I don't even know if the movie will scare me. But Did I... you read the IMDb? So Mita is coming over to my house next week, and we'll probably record before then. But probably maybe that yeah. day, maybe even re-record that night. Actually, we could do that, too. How long is it? It's short. So Mita's coming over to watch the French movie Inside. Yeah. From 20, 2007 okay. and 2007. I, 2007. And I want to put it on record that I warned Mita it's a wild ride. But <laughs> you talked lot. about it and I felt like, OK, I'll watch something that he really likes. I don't. Anyways, we'll we'll talk about it next week. Because this week, Mita, what did we watch? This week, Nadim, we watched the Shakespearean classic by Sir Laurence Olivier, Hamlet. Hamlet. <laughs> a story that's never been told. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Not once my whole life have I heard this <laughs> Hamlet story. Uh, would you like me to read the IMDb I, description? I have no idea what Hamlet's about, so please give me an IMDb description. Well, Nadim, yeah. the IMDb discro is as follows. Prince Hamlet struggles over whether or not he should kill his uncle, whom he suspects has murdered his father, the former king. Wow, this sounds real good. Sure. Like, yeah. (laughs) So fresh. So fresh. (laughs) So fresh and so clean. Jokes aside. Yes. This is a Hamlet adaption that came out in 1948. And you have to remember that. I keep telling myself that. You have to remember that. Now, I feel like I would feel differently if this was a Hamlet adaption that came out in, like, let's say 1938. Well, did you know, I did some research. Oh, wow. This was the 
first feature-length sound Hamlet adaption Mm -hmm. ever made. Oh, wow. Aside from the first full-length, feature-length foreign Hamlet adaption made in 1935 called Hoon Kahoon and is from India. Whoa. (laughs) How bad are you trying to find that movie right now? I have no idea where to find 1935. It's a feature film from India. It is the first... There's a bunch of silent films that adapted Hamlet mm-hmm. previous, but Khun Kahun from 1935 is the first feature adaption of Hamlet from India. The second one is this one from 1948. That's really cool, actually. I want to try to find that. I'll find it for you. Yeah, really hard. It's That's 1935 our from India, so I don't even know if there's a copy but left out there. We're putting it out in the universe. Yeah. And Khun Kahun, by the way, means blood for blood. Blood, blood for blood. So that's, Which essentially that's, is what Hamlet is. Hamlet is. And it's a great title, by the way. Blood yeah. for blood. But what I mean by that, though... So talk, is, yeah, talk to me about this. We just recently have watched some really good movies. The Best Years of Our Lives, The Lost Weekend, even Gentleman's Agreement are very, yeah. like, progressive mm-hmm. um, and strong films for the 1940s. And I just feel like this was made at the wrong time. Like, if it was 10 years before, I think it would fit in with sort of, like, the films that were being made at that time. Mm -hmm. But in comparison to the last few ones that we have watched, I feel like this is kind of lackluster. So I had a very complex time watching this. Mm -hmm. Because I know Hamlet inside (laughs) and out. Like (laughs) I talked to him last week. (laughs) I've talked to him last week. We're best friends. But I know Hamlet as a play. I read it. I've read it multiple times, like outside and inside school. Mm -hmm. I talked at length about how I thought Heather was one of the best adaptions of Hamlet Mm -hmm. as a story. And we're going to talk a lot about Heather. And the Lion King. And the Lion King. So let's (laughs) wait for that. So I knew exactly what I was getting into. And I'll say this about this Hamlet is that I can appreciate, I do get why it won Best Picture. Because I think it is it is a very nicely made film, first and foremost. It's mm-hmm. great cinematography, great sets. He does really interesting thing with camera movement and like camera placement. There's some really, it's a very technically sound and beautifully made film. Yeah. I don't think there's something more, what's the word I'm looking for? There's something more, something that creates distance more from an audience than Shakespeare in English. Exactly what my point was. I was yeah. going to say that like watching this has put into perspective for me that I so much more appreciate the adaptations of Shakespeare, yeah. which makes sense because we shouldn't be speaking old English. Whatever this was. Yeah. Today. Right. Whereas like when you want, but even the thing that caught me though was like, but Mita, you love Romeo plus Juliet, which yeah. has. Yeah. Yeah. The but old English. Mita, what that and here's my thing is that this is a straight adaption of Hamlet set in like whatever the time period is, yeah. in the costumes, in the language, every single thing. It is a straight adaption. And it is a it's probably the best one of the best straight adaptions, I'd say. A lot of people say the Kenneth Branagh one that's four hours is the definitive adaption, but I could see how this could be perceived as one of them. Mm-hmm. It's for that, it's great. But at least Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet sets it in a modern time. That's true. And that in and of itself sets it apart. It makes it interesting. So to have these, like, young characters in, like, fair Verona set in, like, L.A. in in California. Yeah. Having these scenes, it feels fresh. And you are actually paying attention to it more. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, and, you know, probably why he did it with Romeo and Juliet as opposed to Hamlet is because everyone and their mother knows the story to Romeo and Juliet. It's it's so easy to follow. It's a love story. It's easy to follow. Hamlet is not easy to follow. No, and I found myself really lost in this a lot, even though I know the story. The plot points, yeah. I know the plot points. Like, I understand it. I have, no, I don't have cliff notes anymore, but I did have cliff notes. (laughs) I, I get it. I did find myself like being lost and like, what's happening? And then at some points, my dad was watching with me and he's like, who's this? What's that? What's going on? And I couldn't answer him. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't answer him one because I was trying to watch and then two. I don't know which white man (laughs) is is which white man. I couldn't distinguish who was his uncle and then um, who's the guy that he murders by accident. (laughs) Her father. Her father. Yeah. I couldn't figure out if he murdered uncle or grandpa. There's like two women and the rest of them are men. And it's like hard in a black and white movie when they're all wearing tights to separate them. Yeah. They and like then my dad's like, which same. one is Gene Simmons? And I was like, I think that's Ophelia. <laughs> yeah, I think that's Ophelia. Yeah, it is. It, it was a lot. And it was, 
the whole time I was watching it, it made me want to watch Heather again. Right? Like the entire time. I was like, you know what's just more accessible and more interesting and just more... Heather's not a fun watch either. It's a pretty dark film and it's got a lot of like serious themes to it, but it's just so much more engrossing. This was not engrossing. I didn't I didn't pay attention to this that seriously. It was hard to pay attention to it, but I still knew I, that whatever I was watching, I like I I was getting it. I knew where I knew where this was going. But I did think watching it and it's interesting you're saying that to me because the whole time I was watching it, I was like this would be so much better in a theater because of how dark it is and Maybe, how looming. That's true. Like, even the ghost scene, like I'm sure that that was probably cool to see and it reminded me, did you watch Macbeth like the I haven't seen the Macbeth or Coen Brothers, and I wanted to watch it before. The cinematography there and the set design are very similar. And I think it probably took inspiration from that. But you probably won't like that because it is also a Shakespearean adaptation in Old English. But I will say, Macbeth is my favorite. It's my favorite Shakespearean play. I love, I just love how dark everything is about Macbeth. Mm -hmm. And I've seen clips. The cinematography is mind blowing in that movie. It's like really what, what he, what he does with it is quite beautiful. So I do look forward to seeing it. Yeah. Also, like I've seen other adaptions of Macbeth, for instance, like I love Macbeth. And so I saw the one recently with Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard Mm -hmm. and I love Macbeth, but I was just kind of, it's so removed. You're so removed from it. Yeah, and I was kind of, and that was the thing, Mita. I w- that's exactly it. It's been done, and I was just like, I can understand why this is important in 1948. Yeah, but to be watching it now, I'm kind of just like, okay, it's cool. very, it's very What's underwhelming. Next? What's next, exactly? Because when I'm watching Heather from mm-hmm. 2014, and it's it takes a Shakespearean play, sets it in a real time in history about these real characters going through real things. It's so dynamic. It's so interesting, and it's so dynamic. It's so like fun to watch right away because you're taking a familiar plot and transporting it into something else. And Vishal Bhardwaj is, you haven't seen the other two films from his trilogy um, where he adapted Macbeth into Makbul and Othello into Omkara. Mm-hmm. You should. Because okay. what he does with them is just, it's so good. They're so interesting and they're so, Makbul is a little bit more arty because he, like Vishal wasn't as unknown a director at the time and like by the time he got to Omkara he had more money essentially. He had clout, yeah. He had clout and money. And then by the time he got to Heather, he was like, he was legit. But just so interesting how he like, for instance, Makhbul is set, I've mentioned this before, and I just always love it because Makhbul is set in the underworld. It's set amongst gang violence in Bombay. Yeah. And the witches are played by two policemen oh. who are trying to play the gang against each other so they kill each other off. Uh. It's so, so smart. smart. It's so, so smart, smart, right? It's just such a clever, it's such a simple thing. It would be so easy to have, you know, those characters be like old women and just have them be doing the same thing. But Vishal is so much more smarter than that, that he takes he he takes these two characters and he turns them into such, again, real live people. And in Omkara, for instance, Omkara is about a, a black man in love with a white woman and the the racial tension that results from that. What Omkara does, what he does with Omkara is he turns Omkara to be dark-skinned North Indian and Karina Kapoor, who plays Desdemona, to be this beautiful, fair-skinned woman. And that's oh. what, pl- it's again, it's such a simplicity and such a like, it's such a smart thing to do. And I think that's what makes Shakespeare fun to watch now. Is these like, these smart writers and directors yes. who are implementing like cool new things to it. Yeah. Have you heard about Rosalie that's coming out? No, I haven't. Rosalie, I think it's a Disney Plus, it's either a movie or a show. I'm not sure. Okay. I just saw it briefly, and it's with Caitlin Deaver. Mm-hmm. But it's Rosalie is the girlfriend that Romeo had before he met Juliet, oh, okay. and it's from her perspective and how she's trying to like break them up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm. I kind of want to check it out because it sounds so cute. That sounds so me. cute too. Yeah. That sounds so interesting, and that's what I mean. Is that like watching this straight on adaptation of one of the greatest plays ever written? Mm-hmm on screen especially is quite boring yeah <laughs> tedious it's just it's tedious and this these... felt so much like homework yeah this really did like yeah. i had to sit through three times to get through it i am like on sunday night i was so tired i was like okay if i watch an hour tonight and then i can watch an hour at lunch on monday and then i can finish it monday night okay that's how i'm gonna do it like i was i really had to like think about it it didn't feel and i was so disinterested watching it but i would watch the lion king a hundred times but that's the thing <laughs> because you said hamlet in the kids movie like the how 
to get away with that. Th- yeah, I was man. thinking, like, has Macbeth been done in a teen drama yet? I don't think you I feel can. like. Oh I my god, I want that. to do that. I've do always that. wanted to do Macbeth in a, in a teen drama. Because Please it's do it. So ripe for it. Yeah. Okay. But like, like you're saying, started. for Disney <laughs> to have the like the audacity to do that, it's really quite. It's, it's quite. Cool. It's it's cool, and I think everything is just so straight in this, and that's really frustrating because even like. One of the best parts about Heather, for instance, is Tabu, who plays Lady Macbeth, Gertrude. Yes. Sorry, not well, Lady Macbeth. She plays mom. Gertrude. Yeah. He pl- she plays his mom. And she plays it, and it's written with such gray that you have no idea. You don't know what side she's playing. You have no idea up until the very end. And even at the end, you don't know what oh, she I does. Oh, I still don't know if she... You don't. And I think every she did. time... <laughs> I, I think she did, and she regrets it. Yeah. Which but is human. The, yes. Which is human. Like, I think she knew what she was doing and she regretted it. And then, like, but I, I think the regret comes more from, like, Ham, like, Heather actually making her aware of, like, how shitty a thing she did. And, like, that's, it drives her crazy. But Dabu plays it and Vishal writes it with such ambiguity. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It is a performance and a, and a written, it's for the ages. It's so good. But on this, Gertrude is just like, no, I didn't do it. And then she, it's just so, oh, it's such a bland way, character. Um, that was poisonous. Okay, cool, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that virtuous thing she does at the end, I don't know. Gertrude is such a complex, interesting character. And I feel like he harps on the incestuous undertones between Hamlet and Gertrude that are written into Shakespeare. He has them like almost making out on screen to kind of show that. And it's just like, okay, I get what you're trying to do. But like. Taboo does it better. There's scenes in Heather that are just there's at like right before her wedding it, he comes first, in. I and, just would like to let people know we we did watch Heather. We did review Heather, season, yes. So you can listen to that episode to hear how much Nadim loves it. I just I four and a half stars. It's just so good. There's like a scene before there, her nikka to her like Heather's uncle where he comes in and she says something about how like you didn't like when your father and I would sleep in the same bed and Heather responds with but now my brother's my uncle sleeps with you so what should I do? It's just such and then he kisses her he puts perfume on her neck and kisses it and he calls her beauty poisonous it's yeah. just so good Mita it's so good <laughs> and this just doesn't have that it doesn't have that like mystique that mystique that sex that like it doesn't have anything like enticing about it and Mm-mm. it's so disappointing because Hamlet is a really interesting play and on screen it just falls flat. But we think it's an interesting play because we've been able to study it. Well, I mean, I guess it was gone like a long time ago. But I'm, what I mean to say is like in these adaptations, we've been studying it and we are kind of taking our own perspectives out from it. And then these directors and writers are putting it into something new. I think Laurence Olivier's point was like, let's tell the story the way it was told. Which I, oh, look, is gross. And I, I, <laughs> I totally agree with you. And I get, I get, I, I, I get what you're saying that like, I think... What Lawrence Olivier does is let's just do a uh, let's do a flat screen like page to screen adaptation, mm-hmm. and I think for that I understand it. I think in 1948 I also understand why it's there, and I actually get why it wins Best Picture. I'm just saying my review right now is from as a viewer today. Day and it's just it's boring. It's it's boring. It's boring. it's just it's boring. All and all the monologues and soliloquies. There's just so many of them. And like I don't I don't understand it. I'm sorry. Oh my god. And, and I think not gonna make myself. <laughs> no, and the problem with soliloquies is when you're reading something, you have the time to process it differently. And you have the time to like go back and kind of read something highlight and, and highlight and try to understand context. But when the the words are being thrown at you, you're kind of just like, okay, what? I guess that what was said. And soliloquies on screen just seem dumb. Like they just don't have that like like aside from his to be to not a be to not to be sequence which is like you know the one the one and i get he's contemplating suicide but aside from that the rest of them and there's a lot of them and they go on long and a lot of the scenes just go on long too like everything just feels pulled out stretched out like and did he we cut ne- like 2 hours of the play yeah exactly and it still feels so long like it didn't feel like a two and a half hour movie it felt like it was four hours it felt like it was four hours and especially because like i don't know did we need the sequence where he's telling the actors in the play within the play what to do no like did we need that or could we have just had the note that like oh there's going to be a play and then there's a play yeah 
right? Like, I don't know. It just oh, didn't, Lawrence, like... he, I feel like he's very full of himself. He is. But that's, that's also evident. based off of my watching my week with Marilyn and <laughs> seeing Kenneth Branagh play <laughs> Lawrence Olivier. You are correct about Lawrence Olivier. I felt the same thing and I just felt it from this movie. Like, I felt yeah. it from, like, watching him. I'm like, oh my God, you like putting yourself on screen so a much. <laughs> a lot. I do get Kenneth Branagh vibrams him too, though, because I feel like Kenneth Branagh is the same way. But maybe like I'm Kenneth just Branagh? like, huh? There's something I like about Kenneth Branagh, though. I like Belfast, Belfast Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I don't like... Like, what about Tenet to Kenneth Branagh? I feel like it's unnecessary. That could have been played by anybody. Yeah. Like, you didn't, didn't need, need Kenneth Branagh for that. But I like Gilderoy Lockhart, Kenneth Branagh. Like, that feels yeah, okay. right to me. Yeah, I don't like the- cheating on Emma Thompson, Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> When did he cheat on Emma Thompson? They were married. Oh, he, he cheated on Emma. You don't yeah. know like this? Like in real life, yes. I thought you were talking about a movie. No, no, no. <laughs> in real life. Because when anyone talks about cheating on Emma Thompson, it's usually Alan Rickman. No. In this case, it was <laughs> Kenneth, and he did yeah. it with Helena Bottom Carter. Oh, wow. That's yeah. drama. Mm-hmm. Helen, Helen seems like the type who would do that. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think she has any qualms. She doesn't have qualms. She does what know. she wants. She's Princess Margaret. <laughs> Yeah, just like Princess Margaret was Princess Margaret. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hamlet. I mean, what else can you say about Hamlet, too? It's just, it's been done. That's the thing. Yeah. But again, in 1947, or sorry, 1948, it hadn't been done. Which is fair. And like the whole time I was watching this and I'm like, you have to remember this is 1948. You have to remember this is 1948 because... So then congratulations to that audience. (laughs) Yeah, because you probably had a great time watching this. And also, if you think about it, we have to remember certain things. We have access to stage play so much more than people back then did. Mm, True. Like, it wasn't, you had the, you have the internet, you have these things. We are talking about a movie like Heather, which is a foreign film about Hamlet. Whereas, like, audiences back then didn't have access to those things. Like, people, people didn't know Hoon Kahoon was a thing. Mm. Right? Like, this is a first-time experience for a lot of people. And it's putting, arguably, the greatest play ever written on screen. So, and it's done well. So you have to take that for what it is, too. But if I'm looking at what else was nominated, the one that stands out to me, but I don't think, I never finished it. But I did start to watch The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Oh, you did? I thought you were going to say, I've always wanted to see The Red Shoes. Oh, what is that? I think it's French. Or it's something British, no. Then wouldn't it be Le Rue Soulier? Well, not necessarily, but <laughs> The Red Shoes is actually what inspired movies like Black Swan. Oh. Yeah. This looks it, good. Yeah. Oh, it's in color. It's in color, Mita. That's the thing. I don't understand. We had Gone with the Wind, and then why did we not continue with things in so color? What I'm actually Where really did the confu- color go? Where did the color go? That's yeah. a good question, especially because... Ham, it's not Hamlet, Laurence Olivier actually directed an adaption of, I think it was Henry V? Yeah. That was in color. With the H, man. And it was before this. I think Hamlet would be so much more interesting in color. I think you could keep sequences like the ghost visiting him, like dark and moody. Yeah. But like something like watching the play itself, like that would be so interesting. Yeah, I think Henry V is in color and it was in 1944. It was huh. expensive. I do get that, like, yeah, Technicolor epic film adaption. I think there was, it was expensive. Technicoloring was, like, a real process, and it added to your budget. So a lot of, that's why a lot of movies didn't do it. When Oh, I read something. Laurence Olivier had issues with Technicolor. Like, they weren't getting along. Like, the company no. Technicolor and Laurence Olivier. That which seems... makes me believe he was a pompous jerk. Yeah, I was just <laughs> yeah. going to say, I'm like, that That seems to. That plays into That plays right, was. Yeah. <laughs> Because, yes, I do think that, I think Hamlet, not Hamlet in general, I think Macbeth is kind of one of the plays that can get away with black and white because it is so black and white, essentially, mm-hmm. as a play. And it's so, like, that supernatural element. This has a supernatural element, too, with the ghost, but the ghost is a little bit more, like, you could get away with just being in, you know, color and having it more interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Tis what it is. I don't have any sequel-prequel ideas. To Hamlet? How can you? Like... <laughs> Like, how can you for Hamlet? It's also just, like, I also think there's other things about, like, I talked about Gertrude, but even Ophelia, for instance. Ophelia, in the play, makes sense. Mm -hmm. But in this, she almost feels more victimized. 
Like, She's always only... underserved, except for in Nala. Well, Nala is underwritten. But she she does encourage Simba, especially in Lion King 2. Yeah, but also... <laughs> <laughs> Nala is a departure in, in Hamlet, and also yeah. one of the more interesting parts. So it is, in my opinion, one of the weaker aspects of the Lion King. Okay. Because the whole point of Ophelia is that she's being used from all sides. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what drives her crazy. Fair. And no, we don't... They weren't going to make they Nala were, They were not going to have Nala ki- kill herself. I get mm-hmm. that as well. But in this, it just feels like she... maybe, And maybe it's because you're seeing it rather than reading it. So the acting also adds to that, that moment. Mm-hmm. Because it does feel like she's being victimized by her... Like, she's being used by her father, and then she's being used by Hamlet. And, like... It f- like at the end, it feels like Hamlet's the only one who really truly loved her, but and like he regrets his his choices of using her and all of that. But yeah, it just I don't know something about it. It just it didn't. I was just kind of like, Ugh. I just feel like Hamlet needs to grow up. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm tired As a of character. Him. Yeah, but even when you watch something like Heather, is that what you think? No, Heather is different, but it's also because of the setting. Like I'm not going to understand 16th century. It's 16th century, right? Sure. Something century, you know, politics. But I can understand what's going on between, like, India, Pakistan, and Kashmir. So you understand his plight a little bit more. Yeah. I can get the, like, the stressors that are there and kind of what's going. And, like, from the perspective of, like, my mom, my dad just died. My mom is marrying my uncle. Like, that's weird. Whereas, like, when it's in the 16th century, it's like, it's a king. It's almost like they're removed from that familial relationship when you make somebody a royal. Like, I sometimes I used to for, would forget the queen and, like, Prince Harry are grandma and grandchild. Like, yeah. you kind of, you're removed from that. Yeah. Whereas, like, in a modern adaptation, it makes more sense because, like, it is familial. Yeah, and it feels, it almost feels, like, in Heather, it actually feels like a violation. Whereas in yeah. Hamlet, part of it is just like, yeah. But just like, yeah, but that makes sense. I get it. They needed <laughs> yeah. to keep they needed to keep the monarchy. They need a king. The kingdom. Yeah, you need a king. You need all those things. So it kind of, like, you kind of get it. Why wouldn't she? Yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't she? Okay. So one review I read of Heather back in the day was that this is a very good film. But putting Hamlet's crisis and Hamlet's story as a man after revenge for killing his father amongst the... Kashmiri plight and what the Kashmiri people were going through mm-hmm. almost diminishes the story of Hamlet. Like, how do you compare the plight of the Kashmiri people to this one man's indecision and his story to revenge? Which made me think, and this is a, a bit more of an open question, that I love Heather, I really do, but are Shakespearean stories better for this purpose? Like, in 16th century or whatever this is, the monarchy where it's a contained story and not to be extrapolated into this bigger thing. I think it's a pet like Hither is so obviously made to be Hamlet into this modern Indian movie. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think the writers of the Lion King set out to make, <laughs> I think, I don't know if that was their intent. Like, the Lion King isn't an adaption of Hamlet. No, it's just happenstance to follow along the same lines. And so it's like a little bit different in that respect of like, yeah, but that still doesn't answer my question. Say it again. <laughs> Do you think the Shakespearean stories then are just better told in that time frame rather than, like we say, for instance, let's talk about Macbeth and a modern adaption of Macbeth in a high school would be so interesting. Mm-hmm. But is that also because high school is so trivial? Modern high school. Yeah. But I think that... Like, think about... It's fair to go through time that way, though. Like, why would we want to be living... Like, we have adapted as people... The plays from centuries ago are not going to have the same storytelling effect that putting a modern spin onto it will. Mm -hmm. And like sometimes they're bad. I can't think of one that I really dislike right now. Like adaptions? Yeah. Like Like all that's coming to me are good ones. What about She's the Man, Mita? I love She's the Man. (laughs) For I do. I love one Twelfth Night is probably one of my favorites. Yeah. But it's probably one of my favorites because I was the only one in my grade 10 class that got it. Everybody else was like confused by all the characters. Yeah. And so I felt really smart because I understood. Did you also watch She's the Man in class after you yes, watched, we, And then we watched She's the Man in class. <laughs> we told our teacher about it. She didn't know about it. And we're oh, like, really? we need to watch She's the Man because it's, yeah. it's 12th Night. It's 12th Night. And, and she loved it. <laughs> huh? And 10 Things I Hate About You. That's not Twelfth Night, though. It's Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew, yeah. Which we didn't read in high school. No. But it's, 
Uh, or I haven't read at all. <laughs> no, just in general. It's just like, oh, I've read it. I'm not so worried. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just read it myself. Yeah. I can't think of any bad adaptations, but like now I forgot what my point was. But basically, I just think that to have the adaptations now is respectful. Like I don't think it's hurting anybody to adapt no, things. I, I, I don't a- think it's hurting anybody either. I like, I don't think. I think what Vichelle does with Heather is genius. I think it's amazing, and I think it makes for an engaging film. Full stop, period. Vichelle is also a very skilled director, let's say. And maybe in lesser hands, it wouldn't have been as potent a film. Mm -hmm. So maybe it just either takes a very skilled person to make it, or you just don't do it. Because it could, I could also see it falling apart. You can't think of one, but like there's a million Romeo and Juliet adaptions. Yeah. Right? Like it's such a, like... Moulin Rouge itself is somewhat of a Romeo and Juliet adaption. Like, there's there's so many versions of these stories out there. I was Googling worst Shakespeare adaptations, but, like, a lot <laughs> of them are the, the ones that did come up are the ones that are, like, direct adaptations. Oh, interesting. So, like, yeah. what? Julius Caesar. Um, there was, like, a version of Macbeth that I had never heard of. Mm. And then my computer froze a bit, so I stopped looking. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there must be bad adaptions. It's, there's no way there can't be. Yeah. Because just because the source material is good doesn't mean the movie's going to result in something good. Mm-hmm. But watching this, I did realize I'm like, I don't think there's any reason to sit through a page to screen adaption of a Shakespearean play anymore. No. Like, it really put that into perspective that, like, I don't think I have an interest in doing that unless it's meant to be something exceptional. Unless it's meant to be like, I do remember, for instance, when Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice was coming out. And everyone was just like, why do we need this? Like, there's so many Pride and Prejudice adaptions that are set in the the time. It's just like a page to screen adaption. Why do we need this? But Pride and Prejudice is beautiful. Jane Austen, I feel, is different. No, she's not. She's not. She's not. She's not like above that. The language is different. But the story is the same. It's It's a Victorian love story. And I think. I think he got away with it. He didn't get away with it. He made a beautiful film, and that's yeah. why we we like it. But I do think that if the movie hadn't been great, that we would just it would have been so forgettable because it just would have been a page to screen adaption. And if you're doing a page to screen adaption, read the book. Who didn't read the book? I'm just saying in general. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying if you're going to do a page to screen adaption and you're not going to, what's the function of it? Like yeah. what? I get what Lawrence Ravid Lawrence Olivier did because at the time there was there this There's didn't nothing. exist. But, but we've now, had so many exactly. Since then. So now it's like if you're just going to do a page to screen adaption, why don't you just read the book? Did you? I haven't seen it, but did you watch this? Did you watch Cyrano? No, I didn't. Are you going to watch Cyrano? No, probably not. Not I'm like curious now. I'm to not see rushing like. to it. Yeah, I've heard mixed things. Yeah. Joe Wright, Joe Wright sometimes, yeah, he sometimes yeah. gets things very right or it just it misses the mark. He makes it a musical, right? He does. Interesting. Yeah. He's got a vision and I respect him for that because even something like Anna Karenina, which doesn't work, that's, a, that's an attempt. And that's what I mean. Anna Karenina didn't need a page to screen adaption. Mm-hmm. But what he tries to do with it makes it visually interesting. Like there's a visual language. He's, he's literally taking a story and then doing a different visual language to it, that's an adaption. And it doesn't work. But it's an attempt. And it's a very good attempt. What are your thoughts on Anna and Karenina? I haven't seen Anna Karenina. <gasps> you haven't? No. We've been through this. <laughs> yeah, we, we go through this like weekly, but it's still surprising. You should. It's interesting. Okay. Maybe after Inside, we'll watch Anna Karenina. We're going to record. <laughs> all right. And then we'll record. Mitha's just going to spend all night here next week. No sequel, prequel ideas for you? You keep trying to get me to stay late at your house, and I don't want to. <laughs> you always end up staying late of your own volition because you like being here. No sequel, prequel ideas. I understand that. No sequel, prequel ideas for this okay, bad so boy. Okay, so give Sorry. me your review. Okay. I mean, it's like Hocus Pocus. What is there to say that hasn't been said before about Hamlet? About Hamlet. I thought you would like that. I, it's everything that we mentioned. You know, it is a direct adaptation of the play that yeah. cut out a huge chunk, cut out some characters too. And it is really hard to follow. I was, I watched it in two days, but I broke it up into five parts within those two days <laughs> because I couldn't, 
I just couldn't sit there and endure it. It's hard. It's hard to listen to old English. But what I will say is that it is a very formidable attempt at directing this. Like, it's really interesting to see the cinematography is is different from everything that we've seen up until this point. But in terms of like storytelling and what we have seen to in this point in terms of all of our best picture winners, this feels like it should have been made maybe like 10 years ago for me. It doesn't fall in line with like our most recent movies in that like people are actually saying things with the films that they're making. Whereas this, yes, it's a direct adaptation, but I don't know what it's trying to tell me. Like, what are you, what, what's the thought here? What is going to provoke an audience member? What's going to have them thinking? Mm -hmm. Because I did leave it thinking like, wow, Laurence Olivier really does love himself. So while I respect what he did, I don't get it. I don't get why it was made. And so I landed with two and a half. Mm. Yeah, I didn't love it. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. I feel much of the same. It was a slog to sit through. Watching this movie from 1948, and I think the time frame doesn't actually make a difference. It's more that like it's a Shakespearean adaption from 1948, and it's a screen to like a page to screen adaption, like I've been saying over and over again. And as a result... You know, you watch a movie to watch a story and to see something interesting and to see, to kind of be enlightened. That's what you get from a good movie. But there was no, I was not going to get that from this. Mm -hmm. I know Hamlet as a story. I know how it starts. I know the middle. I know the end. I know the characters. I know what they say. Like, I know everything. And on top of that, you've literally just put it in the setting the play is intended to be in. So like you're saying, what am I meant to glean from this? At the time, I do get it. You're trying to do an adaption of the greatest play ever written, and you want to put that to screen, and you want people to visually see it. I understand. But since 1948, we have have seen what can happen when directors and writers, they take efforts with adaption specifically. And not to belabor the Vishal Pardwaj of it all, but Heather is just such an immaculate example of taking a Shakespearean play and adapting it for a current audience. If you haven't seen Heather... You really, really should. It's really, really good. It's really interesting. You'd have to rent it. It's not available anywhere, unfortunately, anymore because it's been taken off of streaming services because of time. But it's a beautiful, beautiful film with some amazing performances, some amazing directional intuition of what to do with certain things. Like, how can you compare the play within the play when you have Shahid Kapoor dancing to Bismil? you know, and do it, accomplishing the same thing. It's it's just so, like, the play within the play is so obvious and bismal. You have these lyrics and this dance and this, like, this confrontation. It's, again, it's just so, like, I don't know. What he does with Shakespeare is just brilliant. It's so good and it's so interesting and it's so evocative as a film. And this is just not those things. It is a valiantly made film. It is a handsomely made film. Great cinematography, great costumes, great sets, all of those things. Some interesting like editing choices, interesting like production design, all of that stuff. It's literally just the, the story is lacking, and that's weird to say about a Shakespearean play. But in this case, it's, just, it's not interesting to watch. I, out of respect for Shakespeare, will be giving it three stars. Out of respect for Shakespeare. Yeah. Bill? You ain't getting my respect, <laughs> Bill. But yeah, that's uh, my thoughts. Three for Nadim. Three okay. poor Nadim. There you go. How about that? Okay, Mita. Mm-hmm. That was Hamlet, and now we can move on. Okay. <laughs> Game me. Game you. Okay, so last week you had me um, attach Home Alone yes. to the 1960 classic, one of my favorites, Psycho. Mm. Yeah, and I did it. So how about that? How about that? Um, so this week I Took am going to have you. Pardon? Took some extra time to do it, but yes, you did it. <laughs> no, I got it, but it was saying it out loud. Like I got it. My brain got it. <laughs> anyways. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> um, this week I am getting you to attach Psycho okay. to one of my other favorite films, mm-hmm. Chicago. Oh, okay. There's a way to do it. I'm sure there's a way to do it. There's a way to do it. And I'm going to start the timer now. Okay. You'll have to correct me on this. Yeah. Psycho is directed by Alfred Hitchcock, who directed The Birds, starring Tippi Hendren. Yeah. Whose daughter is Melanie Griffith. Yeah. Who starred in Working Girl. Yeah. With Richard Gere. It's not Richard Gere. It's not Richard Gere. It's Harrison Ford, I think. 
Okay. KK? Hold on. Let me double check that for you, though. I think you might be right. It's Harrison Ford. It's Harrison Ford. Okay. Which, you know what? That happened all the time in the 90s. <laughs> is, is is he in 9 to 5? Harrison Ford? No. Richard Gere. Because I think I Melanie Griffith is also in... No. That's like Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, oh, Dolly okay. Parton. Oh, they all also remind me of the same people. Yeah. Okay. Let me go back then. Okay. Oh, God. I'll give you okay. a c- extra time. Because I did... Ha- I was almost there and then... Because you're at a minute now. Okay. Oh, I'm sure there's a way. I don't know why I'm going to Richard Gere of all people. There's a lot of people in Chicago. There's a lot of people in Chicago's. <laughs> Chicago's. Chicago. Chicago. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So Psycho is directed by uh, Alfred Hitchcock, mm-hmm. who was played in the movie Hitchcock by Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Who appeared in The Human Stain with Nicole Kidman. Okay. With Renee Zellweger, who is in Chicago. No, Renee Zellweger is in The Human Stain? What? No, Nicole Kidman is in The Human Stain, who is How in you... Cold Mountain. Sorry. <laughs> with Renee Zellweger, who is in Chicago. Okay. That's a way to do it. That's a way to do it. There it's a go. long-winded way. but It I took got you there. a while, but you yeah. got there. The fine, Mitha. That's not the way I did it. How's the way you did it? Alfred Hitchcock directed Psycho. Mm-hmm. He also directed a movie called Marnie, which starred Sean Connery, who starred okay. in Entrapment with Catherine Zeta-Jones, who is in Chicago. There you go. Yeah. I knew Catherine. I was trying to think of Catherine and then Michael Douglas and then anyways. But I got there. There you go. It just took a little longer. Yay. What are we watching next week, Meets? Next week, we are watching All the King's Men. It's our last movie of the 40s. Whoa. We're baby. moving into the 50s. How exciting is that? I think you're more excited because things get real Dolby in the 50s. Dolby color. <laughs> <laughs> things get real in the 50s. They do. They're excited they in also, the 50s. They also get Ben-Hur. <laughs> Mita is looking forward to two movies. Ben-Hur and Lawrence of Arabia. Wait. Oh, yeah. I forgot we have to watch Lawrence of Arabia, <laughs> too. <laughs> but you know what? There are some other good things in there. There's like The Sound of Music. There's West Side Story. Yeah. I want to see Gigi. I've never seen Gigi. 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 So, yeah. Things but to look forward to. That's for the future. Yeah. Mita, do you have any parting words for us today? Okay. <laughs> do you? Do you have parting words? Because it didn't seem like there were any memorable lines from this movie. Not a single one. It was a stretch for me to find this. Stretch, but I yeah. mustered up something. Yeah. To be or not to be. That is the question. What great mining skills you have. I found it. I dug deep. (laughs) That might be the only part of the movie I remember. (laughs) The other part line I really liked was get thee to a nunnery, because he says it a lot. Get me to a nunnery. Get the thee to a nunnery. Oh, sorry. There you go. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for All the King's Men. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.